Yeah, and it was... then it dropped. So yeah, we're just yeah. Filming. Sorry. So, yeah, just... you were you were talking about your your book and um, how you it's centered around yeah about God one or multiple deities. I think that was John's question. Yeah, one or many. It was one, just one. Oh, you're monotheistic. One, one God who yeah. is. Yeah, well, world yeah. One God who is literally the sun. But is your God evil then? No. Sort of uninvolved for the most part. That sounds okay. I can take that. It's gonna be like because if you're <laughs> about to say your monotheistic God is good, oh boy, do we have a discussion on our hands? <laughs> I see. <laughs> well, no, he. People like study God, and people were well, like everybody, not everybody, but a lot really? of people worship God, especially if this is very, very early time frame. God. See, uh, for me, my interest started God. a lot with um, with with Greek and Norse and uh, Egyptian kind of pantheons. I, I started originally with a game that introduced like like mythology to me and like the concept of multiple gods and things like that. And since then, I've been very interested in like when I when I enter new lore and stuff. I love hearing about it. It's, so it's, it's such a deep dive. There's so much things that could be into that. So it sounds like Jeremy and Sarah use established gods. Jeremy uses them within the D and D context. Sarah uses monotheistic god. However, I'm okay with using established gods. I haven't really got. But to do that you, point, so do you make up your own gods? Because I make up my I own have, pantheon. I have made up my own gods. The way the way I've I view, made up a couple of them. The way I view the world, the way I view and reality. I, I have used cookie cutter ones too, so like the pre-made ones I've used, like demon lords. And I like never, that. ever use cookie cutter things. The only time I've ever, I'll ever add something like that, is if I can explain it away. Which, yeah. when you're working in the realm of fantasy, for me is hard enough to do. So I make up my own gods. It's why, um, it's funny because the the science fictions I do, science fiction stories I do write that do have fantasy elements are always horror. Because the only thing I can think of that ha- that fits in a science realm is the Lovecraftian kind of gods. The idea that the gods are these giant, infamable things. Um, un- 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 unimaginable things. Thank you. Unimaginable things that we just, we cannot perceive or look so alien. Like South Park. Um, yeah. We've all seen South Park. And we all see what God looks like in South Park. He's a half hippo koala bear with a hippopotamus face. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and I thought that's the most genius version of God because he's like, why would I look like one of you? <laughs> like, there's, there's more hippo people on the planet Hippotics than any, than there are here, and they all believe in me. Like, yeah, who knows, right? Like, yeah. um, that's why I like Dune. Um, in Dune, um, the reason the God Emperor of of the entire galaxy was a giant worm. Was because that's what the god in Doom was. Was a See, giant the, the, worm. The other thing you can do with like space with space entities is because like space horror is always an interesting one. I imagine that's that's one of your more centered kind of focus because that's probably something that first integrated you to sci fi would be my guess. I would say Starship Troopers, but yes. Okay. And Star Wars. Yeah. So like I, I find usually when you learn that your first kind of inspiration tends to center a lot. I'm not no doubt around that. Like, but like the, I've seen lots of different things for space over where you could do celestials of sorts where beings made from almost like literal stars and planets and they don't have almost form that can be defined, but that's the cool thing made of cosmic like space. 
that's really the cool thing about space and route writing science fiction is I don't need to rely on deities, right? I could no, say no. something that we pictured as deities hundreds of years ago, thousands of years no, ago, I mean, are just are just advanced super space Vikings that drive yeah. giant ships yeah. that look like log ships. Or um, why not, right? See, why that, not? That depends on how, how far into your world building do you get on describing what it means to be a deity. Oh, tons. Does it mean that you have divine cosmic power, or does it mean that you're just in charge of creation of a race or overseeing a planet or a leadership well, of some kind? Just right? to answer your question directly, whenever I write, especially science fiction, um, Isaac, uh, I follow like Isaac Asimov uh, said in one of his textbooks, the best way to write science fiction is you write a state of laws that you don't put in your book. But they're laws of the universe because you're, you're God of the universe. Create your laws. So one law would be um, time travel is not possible. Um, another law would be this and this. Um, another law would be, you know, this can't, this can't actually be achieved, but this can be achieved. And so then once you instill your laws in your science fiction universe, you then you work around them. And they become a really interesting design space because if you say like, okay, so I allow light faster than light travel, but I don't allow um, terraforming. So that means worlds like Earth become a very unique commodity. Or if I don't allow light travel, but I allow terraforming. So it takes forever to get somewhere, but all you need is a planet that's actual sustainable and you just terraform it. And so you'd have aliens that would visit Earth, see it's populated by a sentient species, and due to laws of the galaxy that you can't interfere with an already sentient species, the settlers would just move on. And there's been different settlers that came to Earth, and then that's how I'd write that, is there have been different settler groups, they stopped at Earth, took resources, talked to the natives, and then eventually moved on due to laws of the galaxy. And that's would be the design space I work in. Uh, one of my favorite books that there's absolutely no no uh, background story. It's a short story from the Nine Tomorrows. It's just about two aliens that are supposed to destroy Earth because um, once a species uh, reaches a certain level of aggression uh, towards itself, it's seen as a danger to the galaxy, and then it has to be blo- and then they wait for it to blow itself up, and then they just harvest the resources and terraform the planet. But instead, we came out with the Cold War. We didn't blow ourselves up. And so they're supposed to blow us up. But they've never murdered anyone before. Usually species that are that aggressive kill themselves. And so the whole the whole book takes place between these two aliens having a conversation about how one of them has to push the button and destroy Earth. And because neither of them have ever done it, because they've always waited for the society to do it, they just leave it. And that's it. You don't know anything else about where they're from. You know that there's a galactic union. You know that these two aliens are just workers for it. You know they've done it before. And you know they're looking at Earth on the, on the beginning of the Cold War. That's it. Yeah. But, my, main, my main question was originally about like space titties of sorts. What would you define in that sci- sci-fi direction of being deity? Would it, would it be access to certain divine changing powers or does it make you does being a leader or just simply a religious inspiration of some sort or perhaps a prophet for a planet does that make you a god or indeed no no in your in your sci-fi writings if you were to write one like say a space one of sorts in in your kind of setting 
would would what would what would conspire to be a deity? Because every every writer has a different definition of sorts, right? Um, what is your laws of being oh, divine and having the, cosmic powers? I, I forget who said it, but there's a really famous quote where it's magic is simply science we don't understand. Yeah, I agree so I would cr- I would call any deity, and I would I would profess that anything that is considered a deity would be would be someone or something. That um, uh oh, an error um, would be something that could basically do something that whatever population that they're looking at would consider magic. So if I pull out a lighter to medieval medieval peoples and just go like this and strike fire, I am a deity. So in a sense, you wouldn't have really a pantheon then, right? Because it wouldn't be like you would, and it could be anyone and anything. But at the same time, you wouldn't have an established, like, this is Tyr, the god of whatever, or, you know, this is the god of fish, like, whatever the fuck you want to make up, right, as a writer. You, you're, you're more following the, the theory that there's, there, that has yet to be discovered, and it's not, people can, pretty much like, having power makes you believe, your belief to be of powerful. Right. It, it's funny that design space because I, I've always thought about different ways that I would I would interpret gods in my writing. Um, mostly, like I said, I usually use the Lovecraftian version where they're just these unimaginable beings that exist and have no time to even care about you because you're so insignificant. But at the same time, I've always loved um, the Neil Gaiman version of gods. Um. That they 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 are subject to the beliefs we give them, so they can't cross salt water. <coughs> they only exist in the places where they were believed in, but there can be multiple iterations of them. So there's like a Thor in in Scandinavia, in Greenland, and in North America because that's where the Scandinavian people all did prayers to Thor, and they're basically completely reliant on devotion. And that's a really fun design space. I've also liked the idea that um, gods are just elemental forces, kind of like Warhammer, where they are just elemental forces given emotions and given ideas. And they don't necessarily actually have a physical body. What they instead have is essentially a realm of emotion and of, uh, of, of uh, you could say, a state of being that people then become influenced by. Um, as for demons and for other evil entities, that's something different. Um, I, I believe, especially in science fiction, it leaves a huge propensity for the ability of, um, we'll say transference of consciousness or being able to, to, to essentially merge what you would call, uh, science fiction, more of a fantasy and science fiction together because, It, it 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 just it, it leaves more it leaves more that you can work with. Well, yeah, and that's kind of what my question was: is what would you define like cosmic power, and what would you give for that kind of deity in that world space, right? Because cosmic power on a, on a deity level, you could describe as being able to manifest material uh, just by your conscious thought, not having a physical form of sorts, not having like the, the need for any kind of material like, um, consumption to keep funny yourself enough, functioning. The way I've always looked at gods in in writing, the best portrayed gods 
are always... I mean, in a sci-fi kind of setting, to be honest. Even sci-fi. Even sci-fi. Um, I always found... Because I've, I've, I've paid attention to a lot of different stuff. In that I, I was going to say, in sci-fi especially, the best way to portray gods, I find, is the further you are from the god, the more visceral and the more... Um, in the more, um, the more direct the powers are. Um, I find that where you'll have a priest of said God will be able to harness magic in their hand and, you know, is able to manipulate technologies and do things that are otherworldly when you have a scion of the God can do less. But although looks more visually, uh, visually altered, where the actual god himself um, really has no no tangible influence on the on the on the real on reality, except what it it does through people who pray to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I found well, that- that's what I mean. Like, because right, because in in the way of like religions, because a god can be ones that pray to like have ones that have lots of power or you know would you define it as a being that has just extraordinary power without the needed followers right that's that's the curious thought no um i'm a firm believer if a god is forgotten or has no followers it doesn't exist but then like and that and that's in the regard of like say for the love <laughs> creatures right some might not have followers but because they're beyond thought and comprehension they're creatures of beyond your understanding, right? And that could be maybe not monsters, but it could be it could be in a way of benevolence. But uh, something benevolent obviously isn't going to interact with you in a way that you'd expect. It's not going to well, be like, "Hey, you need to change your life and turn things around." You know, it's going to do things to influence your your feelings, your emotions, your guidance of sorts. You know, let's, uh, uh, changes in the way you, you interact with the world. Let's open the question on the floor. What do, what do you guys think? What do you guys think? What Andrew's asking, Insaniac. I'm not positive what. Well, I was just curious on John's perspective. What, how you describe a sci-fi deity of sorts, and what what cosmic powers that would relate to, and what what that would equate in, in, in just in your opinion of writing. Uh, and, and my direct answer would be it would be almost non non visible. They, they, and I could agree with that. So what would you? What about you, Sarah? I'm just Deal, dealing with with deities or even one deity in your in your writings. How do how do you reflect that? How would you reflect that in a sci-fi setting? I know you don't write sci-fi, but but eventually, you know, in in a world progress, maybe mm-hmm. you might get to that that level of like where it's modern technology, right? So exactly how- the plan to get to a point where it's modern. Um, would I how would I write the DDI? It would depend on what what has come before and building up the world and what is necessary i think there's so many there's not one answer fits all well exactly right and that's that's the interesting thought of how would you describe how do you describe something that has power in a time where not where there's technology and science to define a lot of things already what about where that, that that type of power is still undefined what about that, you jeremy what do you think sir how do you how do you show power of a deity through science fiction, other than turning him to a giant god worm beast, <laughs> or like Galactus? <laughs> There's so many things still be. Star Star Trek did it all right with Q. 
Q like was not a god. Q was a fourth yeah, dimensional was being. So a god. Q, Q, Q was I a god. No. Q was okay, just a fourth dimensional being. Yeah, what? but what makes that different than a god? If you stand it, there's what? multiples and of them. The way he could completely manipulate reality, like the reality <laughs> bent it to his whim. He he was a god to us for all rights and purposes. Q, Q was a god so? explained by science. He was a god. That's, that's the question. He's that's a god as much as we are gods to a drawing on a piece of paper. We're it's it. There's thousands of us, millions of us, and we can all draw on a piece of paper. I mean, at that point, then you'd have to define the difference. That's, that's, what, that's what I, I think. Is. You're just looking at it too directly. He's <laughs> just a four-dimensional being. Is. No, he was actually referred to as a god by several yeah. people throughout the series, but not yeah, Picard, yes. the only one who truly knows what Q is. Picard doesn't know what he is. That's he just knows that he doesn't want to have him as an that, enemy. That's what I'm saying. That's sci-fi. That's why when Q comes to fuck with him, Picard's just like, I'm sick of your shit, but I'll, I'll, I'll do it. So, so does, like, world, does reality changing at whim, does, does that not describe his cosmic power to you, John? No, he's just one of many. It's like, it guys so Rick and Morty. You guys, wait, wait, you guys. That's a pantheon. That's, that's a pantheon. Exactly. Yeah. It's come on, man. No, no, no. You're you're being way too specific. You can have you seen? Okay, you've all seen. You really are being way too specific. That he's a god by all terms and rights. You've all seen Rick and Morty when they break time and they have the two time cops. That's what Q is essentially. He's not a cop, but he just when he looks at time, time is just on paper. He could pick a point, and it doesn't matter. There's no continuity to it to him. He also completely manipulates reality around him. He wants something, it's his. It just appears. Because because yeah, he doesn't right. exist. A god. That would be the way we would per- perceive a god. I'm sorry, John, but that's the way we per- perceive a god. <laughs> yeah. How would you de- how would you describe it then if it's not? Like yeah. He's just a Mr. Specific? What, what is a god then? A, In a science explanation, a god, how would you explain reality changing and, and materializing? A god is a like being that. that can create without uh, without um, create by breaking Don't the laws of nature. So, in the words of creation, we have everything must be equal to everything else. You and Q cinema. does exactly that. No, he doesn't create anything. Yes, he does. He does exactly that. Right. Several times throughout the series. <laughs> he stops time with no, but with that's no not, give. Because he doesn't, he doesn't know give what time anything. Is. He just stops time. He just As a fourth-dimensional being, he doesn't know what time is. No, John! He is a fucking god. You're being no. way too specific. By your own definition, he is a god. No. Exactly. By your own definition, he is a god. You're wrong. No, he's not. He's he a... is. By your own definition. He can be killed, too. He, he can be killed. No, he can't. They you don't have to kill him. How, what, Maybe what he can be killed. He says the gods can't be killed. He's doing the things that he's at your I, definition. Of technically, yeah, you're right. God, gods can be killed, at least in, in D&D yeah. universes and in yeah. fantasy exactly. universes. Gods nothing, can nothing, be killed. Nothing can cannot not You said destroy. by the laws, they can create things against the laws this, of nature. That, Q right does now. that several times throughout the series. So this right now, I'm just going to look it up. I'm just going to look it up right now. If you can, if you can materialize John, if you can materialize things, that's usually considered a cosmic divine power. Yeah. The Q's, uh, I mean, the Q's in Aladdin, are, when Jafar becomes a genie, he is a god for about so, two seconds before he gets clamped. By, yeah, exactly. by the definite, the- by Ooh. our current definition, 
The Q are definitely <laughs> no, gods. No, no. Care about our current definition. I That's wanted to hear your definition. No, this is what it says. We heard your definition, and Q does exactly that. It, it says he um, makes things outside the laws of reality. It says or by the, our, beyond the laws of nature. It says by our current definition, the Q are definitely gods. However, it is not known if they are truly gods. They are simply beings that exist outside of our space-time, and therefore we have no idea what they are. And so, so exactly, so they're later. so they're gods. The debate is: I win yeah. here. They're gods. No, you just wrong. can't explain no. that. No, you're wrong. No, no reason to to disbelieve that it's not cosmic power of sorts. The way it's manifested, and it's done that way. There's and you can't no, tell me it's not, and you don't have a way to explain it, John. It's just like Men in Black, man. Your own we, we, somebody's a little too close just to real religions to be able to let go of it for a second. We're just inside the marble, <laughs> We're talking about man. sci-fi fantasy here, We're inside John. a marble. Oh, oh, but, a, but a space where There is no god. Whatever omniscient being you want to give a name to. But a We're space where we're much more of, more of a god than, than this guy. It's like, it's like the Men in Black mind. theory, right? You have a marble that has a galaxy inside it. You're not a god, but you're holling a galaxy in your hand. And then you but zoom the out, and then there's a guy with a bag of galaxies. That is not the same thing. Yes, it is. It does No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It totally no. is. You're wrong. It's not. You're comparing apples to bananas. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say bananas to humans, and I was going to say we're one gene type away. He's like, he's carrying, he's, he's like carrying <laughs> apples to banana bread. <laughs> John, how is the space worm a giant crazy more of a god than something that can manifest things at will? He's the god like, emperor of mankind. Sorry, I meant the god emperor of Dune. I get confused. <laughs> Are you all right there? Uh, no, I will not accept. Doesn't know what he's talking about. I know exactly what I'm talking about. No, (laughs) I will not back down. I know Star Trek quite well, and I will not fight. So read right there. They are gods. They are hailed as gods. (laughs) They're considered gods by our definition. They exist, right, John? They're hailed as gods, so therefore they exist. No, they're just considered gods because we don't know what they are. If they have worshippers, they must be gods, right, John? There's right? No, they, they no one worships the Q. No one worships yeah, the Q. They, yes, he does. Who? Absolutely. Who worships the Q? Everyone. There's a couple people that actually Who? worship the Q in, in the fucking Who? Star Trek universe. Outside of the universe, a lot of people worship the Q in our universe. So therefore, he exists, too, in our universe. And not just in the Star Trek universe. <laughs> By your definition, John. It's a whole lot of notes there. <laughs> All right, but God's more. How is this space where more of a god? So than him? gods are not the it. only thing that we need to build a world. There's also no. I, there's also, and I, I, I feel like John can't talk about gods. It's, it's shut a, up. We're changing him. subject. That's his exposed butthole conversation. Um, right how do you guys do? You know, it's cognitive shenanigans. What is Star Trek? Thank you, Cassandra. I agree. What is Star Trek? Okay. It's nothing important. So, um, what is Star Trek? Uh, what? <laughs> I see. I like I it. Um, so the, how can you be alive and not building. know that? So, we're call, yeah, we're, we're calling the the avoidance conversation. Foreign now. Is that lands. The topic? 
<laughs> Talking about foreign lands, how do you guys deal with lands that you that players have yet to discover, or p- your your characters have yet to discover? Um, it's one thing I, I make- it's one thing I struggle a lot, and it's why I deal with planets, or I deal with certain areas of space, or a certain place, or a certain planet when I do my science fiction, because um, it's hard for me. It's hard for me to describe or go into places, even if I write history for it. Um, it's hard for me to go to kind of unknown areas or what are considered mysterious areas or even like um, different areas, I guess. So like Tatooine towards Coruscant or Klandathu compared to um, uh, Arrakis. You know what I mean? Um, how, like when, when, you, when you do your transitions or how, how you're moving from spaces, do you just direct when you're writing, do you, do you plan to go to certain places and have it written up or, or do you let it, do you let it fill out itself? Do you, do you just try to keep the, the mysterious nature by not revealing a lot? Uh, I see Sarah smiling, so we'll start with her. Oh no, I was smiling at Andrew. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to talk to him or Jeremy's dirty whore mouth right now. So let's go, Sarah. <laughs> It's okay, John. I said, quiet your dirty whore mouth. I will not. (laughs) I interrupt your your intros every day. I noticed. I didn't this time, though. I was going to, and then I'm like, I can't believe I do this all the time. (laughs) So I've got a world. If you don't. I see it. I can see it. I've got a world. Yeah, I know. This this camera kind of sucks, but. Currently, in the first two stories that I'm writing, this continent right here is the only one that people are living on. It is the only one that people have settled on and that we see. It isn't until the third one that there's a lot more exploration happening and the rest of the world is seen. Um, so, I mean, that's how I deal with it. There's one until people get sufficiently advanced, navigate the ocean, navigate the world, you just don't see the rest. It doesn't exist. That's how I've kind of built it, too. Hashtag flat earth theory. Um, it's not flat. Let's, uh, let's hashtag flat earth theory. Uh, let's go south <laughs> to Caden. Um, I know you've only done one shots, but how, how, do you, how do you imagine to deal with uh, expanding your land? Um, Going places where players don't expect to go. I said shut your dirty whore mouth. Uh, I'm Katie. helping you. <laughs> I know. Hey, you know the fire it. shots. Well, if you can't take shots, <laughs> you know, this is our all of our chats. John, you at me. You're not my words. Your words. All right, Kate. <laughs> it's for all of us. Question to Kaden. Um. Well, let's see. I I don't remember the question. I'll be honest. <laughs> How would you deal with players going to foreign lands or places you haven't like expected to go or filled out or planned, like made a map for? Oh, okay. Well, for then, personally, I feel like winging it at first would be the best bet, and then building on after said or said. Uh, what's the word? That's not bad. I mean, I, I yeah. <laughs> yeah, wing it and then go after or go on. After. Wing it and then My that advice the, that is to concrete. fly by the seat of your pants and, and make see what it, happens. fake it till you make it. Good, good advice. I like it. 
<laughs> Sometimes it works. Uh, we'll move to Andrew since he doesn't want to stop talking. Oh, I, just, I, I say that as I go to grab and have a drink. I know, uh, almost like it was timed. <clears throat> the light. Sorry, you wanted to hear from me. <clears throat> well, I don't think we've not time with here. Andrew. <laughs> I don't think there's been a minute we haven't. So please. <laughs> <laughs> You're invited to speak this time, Andy. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Change you may or may not be told to shut your mouth. Well, we'll see. I tend to get that a lot. I'm going to be honest, but I I don't always fill out like a lot of places. If players haven't gone, like I have like places in a city where people, you know, homes and towns and stuff that like a specific. This is you know Phil Johnson's house. I haven't made that yet or stuff. So when it comes to that moment, that's when. In the smaller things, I tend to fly by the seat of my pants and be like, yes, this is Steve Pat Pattinson, and he does the job with things. <laughs> this, is and Steve, makes hats. this is Steve Hammer Arm. He, um, yep. he hammers things. With yep, his arms. Exactly. <laughs> it's usually the first thing you look around the house, the first thing you see is their last name. That's usually how it goes. And then that's all. Then the second one is their job. This is um this is Stacy Blacksmith good. Um she's a See, good... I, I work a little bit around that myself too, but that's because <laughs> that's Earth's history as well, right? Yeah. Some of the original names came from that was the job you did. Yeah. Like Smith. So but when it comes to like um like borders and towns, I, I, I get I I try to make um like loose fitting like rules of like to some degree like communities and stuff have uh, like a leader and that leader's gonna have goals which usually kind of help oriented how the, the city runs to some degree and then there's are there people inside that city that believe them or there's people that don't believe them and then what do those people look like in their lives and those people that come around it and when it gets to the smaller details i leave that again more for when people come in contact with specifically but like i've i've built elder realms like i have six realms I had planned for six different kind of like origin stories and I have only, I've built in the world and the concept of the, the spaces and that what are there but I haven't You've filled out. you built the world. I no, built you the, built in the world. <laughs> I've built different worlds in the realms of each space and, but I haven't made you know, like who the individual people are, what companies and things that work there, who, who the person is that makes bread, right? What, what do they do every day? Right, I haven't figured out all that yet because I haven't gotten to that point personally. But once I, I definitely, get to that point, I, I definitely feel like I have an advantage, a writer, in that yeah. my people can't go where I don't intend for them to. They can't suddenly go somewhere and have me to struggle yeah. to figure it all out. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> my god that would be a great book sarah that would be a great fantasy book where it's like this person who's supposed to be the hero of the realm and they just don't want to do it it's just about them trying to shirk their responsibility as much as possible but they always end up in a book like that that's amazing. Sure. That sounds like that's like there, such a good. Concept. I think there is a book or just like that. Whoa! Yeah, I can't remember what it's called though. Um, one of my favorite books, uh, just kind of like that, is called uh, "Magic Kingdom for Sale." Um, it's "Magic Kingdom for Sale," 
Uh, stories about a 50-year-old lawyer who gets tired of his job, looks in the newspaper, sees Magic Kingdom for sale, $1 million cash, um, kind of thinks it's a joke, but keeps thinking about the ad and does it, and goes out to the middle of Virginia, and turns out it actually teleports him to a Magic Kingdom. And the joke oh. of the book is all these like lands are in civil war and they all expect him to be like this crazy magical king who's going to bring everyone to justice and stop the demon lord from ravaging the lands and he's a lawyer and so he lawyers them is the best way to put it he like he like goes to the leaders and talks him into court, he into court. and he take he doesn't take him to court but he ta- he's a he's a litigation lawyer He's not a court lawyer, he's litigation. So he's all about uh, doing these crazy deals with uh, mass with million dollar corporations. But instead he does it in a fantasy setting. He basically gets teleported to this magic kingdom and his whole what he does is he sits down with these kings and they're like, oh, we're going to decimate your lands. He's like, okay, I will let you do that, but you have to meet these requirements. And then he gets... <laughs> He gets them all done. The wizard that's with him drafts these magical documents that he gets them to sign. And he's like, all right, so now that you've signed this, just so you know, this is, this is happening, this is happening, and this is happening, which therefore nulls this and this. And therefore, you are now one of my, one of my subordinates and you are magically contracted to. And he even does this to the Demon King. And it's so good. It's actually such a really fascinating book. Because um, it's just, it's literally what it is. It's a guy who buys a Magic Kingdom and he's a lawyer. He's, he doesn't pull any punches. Let's see Sounds if I can... Like that could be a really good book. Let's see if I can find a link for it. Um, but yeah, uh, it's just, it's a complete turnaround on the idea. And so you have this whole world that's super high fantasy. But he's he's just this regular guy for work. Magic Kingdom. Force. Well, that's not high fan. I grew up a fantasy nerd, so all my books I've ever read. Oh my god, it's Terry Brooks. How could I not know that? Really? It is a Terry Brooks book. Yeah, I've. Let's uh, put that in the Discord.